Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs. It's Mark coming to you all the way from far north Queensland here with Ryan who is stuck down in Sydney like a chump. Ryan, how you going, mate? No, good, mate. I'm still riding my high off uh, my Origin quiz win last week and I'm ready to see a, oh. a, Maroons, a Maroons win on Wednesday. Yeah, obviously. Well, as we've seen, the uh, the mighty Maroons get up last week, and it's only fair that they should hopefully get up again. Well, they should get up again tomorrow night, so I'm going to be heading down to the game. So it should be uh, nice and exciting. But before we do that, obviously, we've got a couple of uh, questions and uh, some team list changes and all that sort of stuff to get through. So hopefully the uh, the audio doesn't annoy you guys too much. I'm sitting here with my gaming headset up on hotspotted to my phone up here in this unit in Cairns. So this is the, the links that I go to to provide content for you guys. So hopefully you return the love. I'll take uh, bank transfers and iTunes gift cards. <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, I reckon we jump into these teams. So the first game of the round will be the Manly Seagulls versus the Cowboys. So this game kicks off about 44 hours after the State of Origin finishes. So... Obviously, the big key moving part for a fantasy perspective here is Tom Trebojevic, mate. Um, what's your thoughts around the chances that Tommy Turbo actually plays this game? It's, it, it feels like 50-50, doesn't it? Um, I mean, surely the Turbo boys can just jump on the same flight as the Cowboys and uh, <laughs> get, yeah, get down to Sydney. But, um, yeah, no, it does sort of seem like a 50-50 call. I, I guess it really depends on what happens on Wednesday night and how he gets through the game. But... Yeah, fingers crossed. I'm sure a lot of people are hoping that he, he plays on Friday night, and myself included. But, yeah, I'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, you'll have to imagine that it's going to be a close game. I mean, on paper, New South Wales theoretically has a better team, not that that counts for anything in origin. But um, you have to think if it's a close game, he's going to get hit and be a bit sore after the game. But, you know, they do say that it's easier to back up on a shorter turnaround, though, so as well. It'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens there. Yeah, I mean, less less workload at, at centre than fullback as well. So I guess it really depends on uh, where the attack's targeted and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that'll be interesting. Outside of that, from a fantasy perspective, on the manly side of the ball, Schuster obviously is becoming an annoyance for people that held on to him. You've still got him, haven't you? Yeah, still hanging on to him so far. Um, yep. Yeah, it's a bit annoying that he's not back this week. Yep, you're not planning on moving him or you are... Uh, or- uh, at this stage, I'm looking at uh, a Schuster to Sean Johnson trade, but we'll wait and see. Have to have to see who backs up, whether whether I'm actually going to have close to a full team or not, and uh, whether it's even worth spending the trade. Yeah, well, I guess touching on that point, uh, being that we're pretty fresh into the podcast, I guess for those head-to-head players out there, it might be a week to consider, like you know, just kind of throwing one up in the air and and praying that you can get a win rather than trying to scramble and and make some ill-advised trades. I saw somebody on Twitter just before talking about tr- selling Reese Walsh to buy Burton and selling David Mead to buy Suasu Sue, which seems to me like, you know, one of those things where you're just trying to get green dots, but maybe not necessarily a good good green dot. Mm. That probably costs you points in the long run. What? How many weeks does it take for Walsh? Like, if you give to give to give Burton a one week head start. How many weeks until Walsh runs him down? What, three weeks? Yeah. So, yeah, just be careful making silly decisions or making decisions like that. Uh, on the other side of the ball for the Cowboys, is mostly a not relevant fantasy team. Tom Dearden makes his debut for them. Uh, this Cowboys team on paper is pretty close to full strength now, you'd have to imagine, 
uh, Hole has managed to find his way onto the bench uh, over Lukey, which I'm a bit surprised about. And Cohen Hess is back in the second row, which is super annoying. Um, I mean, Tom Lolo obviously is the one of the two big talking points here from a fantasy perspective. Is he a player that you'd be looking at this week, or are you going to you know, wait and see what happens now? Um, I mean, he's certainly one you can target this week for mine, though. If you if you're not in a position where you need a mid or a green dot, he's one you can certainly wait on another week. Um, break even in the seventies, uh, obviously a pretty lackluster performance um, the last time we saw him. That said, it was a pretty uh, you know career high in like missed tackles and stuff you were pointing out, and while low in uh, like zero tackle busts and stuff like that. And You'd have to think that's not going to be something for the long term. But that said, if you can wait a week, you know, there's no harm given the break even. And um, keep in mind as well, you'll have four trades to burn next week if you want to. So um, definitely one to target, I think, for round 17. He's probably one of the elite round 17 options. But, yeah, certainly not an urgent buy. Oh, I actually didn't even realise that we had two extra trades next week until you mention it when now messages earlier so that's certainly gonna make some um you know interesting ruffles in my plans so uh mate uh, outside of that i mean obviously a couple of people picked up javid bowen he's ticking along tom did and uh depending on whether this manly side's full strength or not he's one to keep an eye on break even in the low 40s though so certainly no rush uh but he averaged something like 49.5 points when he wasn't playing against top four sides last year uh and obviously that was in a famously bad Broncos side. So he's definitely one to keep an eye on. He's kind of one of those gut feel players that I have that actually I think is going to do really well personally. But, you know, that's just me. But certainly I wouldn't be rushing out to buy him. On to the next game on the Friday night, which is the Sharkies and B-grade Panthers side. So Panthers uh, obviously got uh, had their pants pulled down by the, the Tigers with all their players missing. Mate, they looked absolutely out at sea without half their team, which, you know, understandably so. Um, and their fans on Twitter have made it known that they were missing half their players and that was the only reason that they lost. But, you know, it hasn't stopped the Roosters from winning all season. Uh, we'll just leave that one alone. Um, mate, uh, Sharky side of the ball, though, obviously you mentioned a, a really interesting name there in Sean Johnson. He's one I'm looking at as well. Um, the rumours around him possibly missing out on a contract next year and changing teams doesn't uh, doesn't dissuade you at all? Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly something to note. But, I mean, you've got to keep in mind, like, who are the Sharks going to replace them with? Like, you'd have to think Chad's probably not uh, front of the queue given that he's off to the Cowboys. Really, their only other option is Braden Trindle. Um, who, who's in the 17? Yeah, I mean, but he's been in the 17 basically all season. He's been sitting on the bench um, for quite a while. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to think that it's Sean's spot to lose. I mean, is Moylan under contract next year either as well? I don't think they, he is. They've come out and said that they want to pair Moylan and Nico Hines in the halves next year. Um, mm, that's interesting. With Moylan on a significantly reduced contract. You have to think those two don't necessarily go together because they're both more like 5'8s. Yeah, that's a really weird combination. <laughs> Who's doing yeah. the kicking there? I don't know. Probably bloody Blake Braley. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's really odd. So I, I can't help but think that maybe that's just a bit of BS and they're just trying to pull Sean Johnson's contract down mm. uh, because he's saying he wants six hundred grand, and they're telling him they want to pay him four hundred grand. So I think they'll probably end up meeting somewhere in the middle and he'll end up staying there. That's me. But, um, yeah, no, from a fantasy perspective, he looks like a really good buy. Obviously, if this entire Panthers team does not back up, you could probably jump on him this week. If not, next week should be fine. 
Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Like, you know, I, I sort of had him before, um, you know, I was in need of a green dot this week with Schuster not um, backing it, well, not playing. Um, I was pretty happy to wait on Sean, given that they're playing the Panthers this week. But that said, given that the Panthers are fielding the same side basically as last week, it, you'd have to think there's, uh, you know, to, you've got to have a bit of optimism there, I suppose, that they're not playing the, you know, the Panthers team that just demolishes everyone. They're playing sort of, you know, yeah. this um, reserve grade sort of halve, this, you know, with Tyro Mays, he's obviously not a great halfback. What are you um, trying to say, mate? I'm just, I'm just saying he's a rat bag, mate. That's all. Even his own team, his own fans were turning on him on the weekend. That was very enjoyable for me to watch. But, uh, mate, I guess the other name in the shark side though is Jesse Ramian. Yeah, um, I mean, a lot of people getting well. excited, getting excited about Ramian and the centers. Um, he's always been kind of just a tier below a gun, though, and I don't know. You know, has anything – I mean, he's big, which, mm. you know, like you find like these big body running centers ha- do tend to get an advantage here. So, I mean, is he uh, – I mean, you look at him and then you look at a guy like, you know, you've got Lomax, you've got Dane Gagai, 100K cheaper than Ramian. Could you see any way that you'd be spending 100K more to buy, bring Ramian in? No, I mean, for mine, for mine, he looks like a keeper center this year given that the rule changes are really favoring these tackle-busting guys. Um, that said – He's already at 570k now, it, and like you said, there's just so much value floating around in the next week or so um, in that centre position. I, I feel like if you don't need a centre this week, you can easily wait a week and pick up a, a keeper centre for 100k less, like you said. So, yeah, certainly no rush there, um, but if you've got him, you'd be very happy. And I mean, speaking of guys uh, who are not quite keeper centres on the other side of the ball, Matt Burton... 55 points with a try in the game that everybody's holding out for him to score 70 points and kick metres. So he's, I would have called that maybe a disappointing score last week, all things considered. Yeah, um, I, I tend to agree with you. You probably would have wanted more, wouldn't you? Especially with a try. Yeah. Now, well, there's him and also Momorowski with his only his second sub-30 of the year, I'm pretty sure. So, um, yeah. yeah, that was a bit disappointing. It's it's a bit easier when you got to, when you're playing outside Cleary than when you're playing outside Tyrone May, isn't it? Yeah, well, this is true, uh, mate. Yeah, so they've obviously got all six of their Origin reps on the extended bench. We'll find out how that game rolls, and and I'm personally expecting them to run out one to seventeen, and none of those guys to play. Um, the one potentially to come in might be Liam Martin. Um, or even depending on how many minutes he gets through, Isaiah Yo. We'd have to imagine all four of the others are, are not going to back up. Uh, going to put some Cleary captain people. I've seen some people today saying even if he's, you know, even if he's named, they're going to captain him. I just think that's fraught with danger, but I'm sure we'll get there in the questions. Um, first game on the Saturday, Titans versus Roosters. Uh, Maju gets uh, another run after an absolutely fantastic for fantasy performance on the wing for the Titans last week. Uh, Brian Kelly. Two weeks in a row with tries and still scoring under 30, which is pretty alarming and also Fogarty not really scoring that well. Um, mate, obviously, uh, Kelly and Fogarty, are we panicking on either of them, those two? Um, I mean, Kelly, I don't know if I'd be pulling the panic alarm, so to speak. You've got to keep in mind he's a centre. This is what centres do. Um, that said, he, he's certainly probably not um, someone you want in your, you know, your final team centres, but he, I think he's a great coverage option, you know, a guy to, yeah. to sit in 19 and, you know, cover your centres. If you've got a dual position centre as well, you know, you can use him to cover both your wing fullback and your centres in that regard. 
Um, Fogarty, uh, I'm, I'm on. Uh, I, I don't. I'm definitely not in the camp of um, two poor scores, and he's not a keeper. But the thing that um, worries me a little bit. Um, I didn't watch the Melbourne game last week, but I, I was just looking at the. I was, uh, watched the highlights and was combing over the stats and um, just the fact that Ash Taylor had slightly more kick meters than him. I know they didn't have many kick meters for the game, but the fact that uh, you know, obviously, we know that Fogarty was taking the lion's share of the meters when he was partnered with Tanner Boyd, and Boyd was taking zero. Um, but the fact that yeah, Taylor's sort of eaten into that a little bit. Um, I don't think it's enough to knock him out of keeper territory, but it's definitely um, enough to, you know, take a bit of a chunk out of his, you know, potential score. Mm. Yeah, lo- it certainly lowers his ceiling anyway. Um, I mean, mm. the other guy here as well from a fantasy perspective, Safida, I'm personally thinking that maybe he might not back up and Sam Stone might come in, um, but we'll obviously have to see how that game goes. So just be aware he might be a late out for those that have him. On the other side of the ball, Teddy's been named, kind of expecting the same thing with him. He'll probably be a late out with Manu shifting to fullback and Suali in. But, you know, he could play. Uh, I guess we'll find out on game day. Um, but, I mean, the big news here for me in this side, as somebody who's a, probably my captain pick of the round, will be Angus Crichton. You have to imagine he's just going to absolutely feast on this terrible Titans defensive unit. Yeah, well, especially if um, some of these big names like Tino and um, Fafita don't back up, or even Fort Waker as well. You know, like those those guys are the heart and soul of the middle of the Titans. And you know, you see what happens when when they lose that team, uh, when they lose those guys. They've just got no you know go for it or real, I don't know, real grunt. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's the word I was looking for. And you know, without those guys, you'd have to think the Roosters are probably going to have a, a good time, especially if. Um, I mean, you got, this is like the first time in forever that the Roosters have only had one origin player, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, well it's, just, it's just Teddy, isn't it? Yeah, because the rest are injured or <laughs> retired yeah. or, yeah, suspended. You have to imagine they're going to get up for this game being the uh, post-announcement of Brett Morris's retirement. I know that's an intangible as well, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Roosters put 50 on them. Um, I guess that's it from a fantasy perspective, but I'm really excited to put the captaincy armband on Angus this week, uh, even if all those guys play, if I'm being honest. Uh, second game on the Saturday, so that's Rabbitohs and the Titans, uh, not the Titans, the Knights. Uh, so Latrell's named to back up, but Dane Gagai misses out. Uh, obviously, yeah, he's just going to make sure he's 100%, which um, just means I'm going to play Momorowski for one more week before I bring Gagai in. Uh, mate, uh, Fantasy-wise, this Rabbitohs team's not very exciting, though, really, is it? No. Um, I, I mean, I guess I guess Cook's still probably an elite hooker option, given that there's not many elite hooker options anymore. Um, I'd be expecting him yeah. to have a 20-minute break, at least in this game, you'd have to imagine. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, but, yeah, there's not, there's not a whole lot doing, is there? No. No, so, I mean, if you've got Latrell, you're holding him. Campbell mm. Graham's one to keep an eye on, but he's got a pretty high break even. Um, so, But they they do have a really soft draw, this Rabbitohs side. So if we can find some pieces of Rabbitohs to bring in shortly, I'd be looking at that. On the other side of the ball here for the Knights, Kurt Mann goes into the centres. Uh, mate, Brabham Best has been absolutely just diabolical. Uh, mm. Jaden Braley also sort of, stringing bad scores together in a row now. Brody Jones had that HIA, which he passed and came back and scored pretty well. 
Watson doing well, even though he's coming off the bench. It's a pretty favourable-looking team list for him. Uh, and obviously the big question mark is is whether Saifidi backs up with, um, you'd have to imagine, Croker comes back into the team. Uh, Knight's not really very exciting either from a fantasy perspective at the moment, though. Yeah, no, not really. I guess the big questions, and I'm sure we'll have plenty of them in the Q&A, is Jaden Braley. Um, I mean, Connor Watson's starting to move back into keeper territory just because there's no decent hookers and not a whole lot of good mids going around. But yeah. um, he's sort of a funny one. Uh, and uh, I guess, you know, Caitlin Ponger, I'm sure there's a lot of people holding him that are severely disappointed. And um, I guess he might be one to target for a, um, for non-owners after Origin. But, yeah, other than that, not much doing. Yeah, I think I'm just going to wait and see on everybody in that Knights team and wait for them all to come back, actually all their, their full-strength team to come back and see what happens. Uh, last game, speaking of um, not very exciting games for fantasy, Raiders versus Broncos. Uh, so the Raiders are missing Aikens. Simmonson goes back to fullback. Valame comes onto the wing. Tomoko comes in in place of Curtis Scott, Scott who's been dropped for getting in a fight in a nightclub. Uh, Papali's back from his suspension. Starling's still on the bench. Tarpany's back. Uh, but from, I guess fantasy-wise, Rapinar has strung a couple of bad scores together, probably just holding him given the shortage of trades at the moment, though, hey? Yeah, I think so. And you have to think this is a fairly favourable matchup up against the Broncos too. Yep. Uh, anyone that didn't sell Starling last week, are you shipping him off this week? Yeah, I would be. I'd be. I'd be. Uh, he'd be on the uh, first uh, first plane to the moon. Get him. <laughs> get him out. Strap a rocket to his yeah. boots and let him go. Uh, Broncos. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't be mucking around with anyone in this Raiders backline either. They're, uh, they're just, you know, they're asking for changes and it's, whatever. Uh, Harry Renara is still ticking along nicely. Yeah, yeah, he's probably too expensive to buy now. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, certainly a good one for people that have him, though. I've seen a lot of people um, looking to buy him this week, though. I feel oh, like really? if you're buying – yeah, I have. I've seen, like, a lot of, um, you know, in some of those other groups uh, – yeah, people looking to buy him, but you'd have to think that if you're buying him now, you'd, you're buying him because you think he's a keeper. Um. Yeah, and I mean, he, he may well be. The one thing, mm. is, though, is this Raiders side's not going very well. Mm. Um, but, you know, they're in contention for finals, and he seems to be their first choice. So, I mean, I, I, you could make worse decisions, I guess, at that price point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Broncos side of the ball, Herbie Farnworth moves to fullback. Uh, kind of irrelevant, if not if anything, bad for his scoring because he loses his defensive work. Uh, Carmichael Hunt replaces Tyson Gamble in the Haas, which is absolutely maddening. <laughs> uh, Payne Haas named a backup. Pangai doing Pangai stuff. Flag little lock. Asiata the bench. Palacios on the bench and Ricky obviously on the extended. So, mate, the big news here is Carmichael Hunt comes in. I don't really understand what Kevy's doing. Tyson Gamble's been fine. He certainly hasn't been good, quote-unquote, but he's certainly not the reason the Broncos are getting beaten so hard. They were in the game up until that, you know, absolute brain fart by Osako. Hmm. It just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. But, um, I mean, he's going to, assuming going to be a popular uh, question, you're a gamble owner, so am I. How are you sort of sitting with him at the moment? You're just going to hang on to him, wait and see what happens? Uh, it really depends. Um, at the moment, I'm looking at cashing him out just because I, I need green dots. But that said, like if my origin players don't back up and I end up with like a team of 
like 13 this week, I might just say stuff it and <laughs> use no trades and just hold gamble. Um, yep. Just take the make, L's for a week. Make four next week, tidy everything yeah. up, and get it all ready to go for your next head-to-head. Yeah, exactly. Just take the L for a week. But, yeah, oh, man, it, it really doesn't make sense. I think I think our man um, Matt's uh, in, in our group summed it up nicely when he said Kevy's just shuffling decks on the uh, deck chairs on the Titanic. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't make much sense to me. Uh, especially yeah, the important like, thing for me is that Tavita Pengai Jr. chairs bolted to the floor on the edge. <laughs> That's the most important thing for me. He's not going anywhere. So one thing, I'm I'm half expecting to see him pop in at half back soon, but he seems oh, to be God. bolted down. I'll tell you what though, I just want to point out one thing, and I'm certainly not saying that he's a buy, but I just want to like note it for the record. Um, Jake Turpin over the last three weeks, when we all like sold him, Danny Levi came in and you know, we all thought he was yep. uh he was back over the last minutes. Yeah, back to playing 80, 52, 59, 53 the past three weeks against the Roosters Mate. and Storm in there too. And I've looked at oh, him. Oh, God. Yeah, he, uh, don't tempt me. I'll do it. Oh, mate. Like, uh, like if if he was in any other team, I'd say he's a buy. But, like, yeah. you, you just can't, like, in this uh, in this Broncos team, especially when Kevy just makes changes on a whim. <laughs> With the shortage of trades at the moment, it's a bit silly to be wasting one on bringing in a, a hooker that you don't know what their role is going to be like moving forward. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think um, I think we might move on to the Sunday game, which is the Warriors versus the Storm there. Uh, so, Reese Walsh is sitting out for elbowing somebody in the face. That sees Shaq at the back, Kosi on to the wing, uh, Rocket Berries in the centres. Fantasy-wise, Torhu Harris doing Torhu Harris stuff. And Curran's back is probably the two headlines, though. Mm. Yeah, and Fanua Blake as well, lurking in the reserves. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I guess uh, Tohu is just one of those guys. He's just super consistent. You know, he's playing round 17. Break even a 76 now, though. So, I mean, you could probably wait um, a week or so, let that price drop before you grab him for um, round 17. Um, yeah, outside of that, I, I guess I think Fanua Blake could be a very – Interesting round 17 option as well, especially if he comes back off the bench and plays limited minutes, get that price moving uh, downward. Yeah, his B is pretty high from memory. I think it's in the 80s or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so. I, I think when I looked, it was in the 70s. Uh, it is 76. Yeah, cool. So it's pretty high. So obviously, mm. certainly not buying him this week. Just going to wait and see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Storm side of the ball, Nico Hines doing really good things for his managers. Justin Olam, I don't know what the hell's happened to him, but... Uh, hopefully it sorts itself out for managers. Um, he's kind of maybe heading towards buy territory if he starts his sorts his scoring out. Uh, outside of that, Munster named to back up, uh, which you'd have to imagine is bad news for Ja Rule. Uh, <laughs> ja Rules, the uh, the goat of the halves fantasy during ja, Hughes. Yeah, Ja, ja Goat for Berlin. Ja Goat. <laughs> Um, mate, he's just he's laughing at me every week. I talk, call him Jar Busted Calf or something, and he comes out and rips in an 84 without a try and then just gives me the finger through the television set. <laughs> it's really disappointing. Um, outside of that, obviously, Brandon Smith is putting up insane numbers from a points-per-minute perspective, 70 or something with two tries in 50 minutes. Obviously, he's got Harry Grant on the bench to contend with there now, full complement of forwards. You have to imagine he's... Uh, Heading towards a, a dip in his scoring, but we'll see what happens there. Mm. Fantasy-wise, there's not really anyone here I'd be buying, though. It's kind of like if you got him, hold him, sell Christian Welch, and that's about it, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think you're right. Hey, it's like, um, yeah, it's sort of just wait and see, I suppose. Um, yeah, because hopefully Munster back in the side helps sort out Olam and Adokar, but um, yeah, no, other than that, it's just sort of wait and see. Yep. Uh, so Eels versus Tigers, second game on the Sunday. Uh, Eels only missed on Paulo for Origin, so he's named to back up. Uh, Dunster did fine on the weekend. Uh, Madison was absolutely immense, and Isaiah Papali'i was whatever the opposite of immense is. <laughs> um, mate, obviously, he's presenting a pretty big headache for his managers at the moment. Uh, neither of us have him, which was part, a point of regret, but I'm really glad that I'm not sitting there pulling my hair out over him at the moment. Um, where are you sitting on Papali'i at the moment? Um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a funny one, isn't it? Because he's certainly not an 80-minute edge player anymore. Hasn't been for the last four weeks. Um, yeah, you it's buy him, could you? No, he's definitely not a buy. It's, it's a matter of whether he's a hold or a sell. Um, oh, I'd, I'd probably lean towards hold, but I can see why a lot of people would want to move him on. Um, but, yeah, I, there's just not a whole lot of great middle options anyway. So I'm not uh, sure. What would you do if you were an owner? Would you hold or sell? Probably sell, but I'd probably be tying myself in knots about it, thinking that it was the wrong decision. But, you know, I did the same about Jaden Braley last week and my suspicions about him were, I feel like, probably confirmed. So, um, yeah, mate, um, I, I mean, push comes to shove. It depends on how many trades you got left. It depends on who you're going to be selling him to. Um, I certainly like if you're going to move him to somebody like, you know, like say Luciano Lelua, for example, just because he's a name that I'm staring at at the moment, probably wouldn't do that. But I'd, I'd consider moving him to Madison uh, and banking, what, 50K or something like that. Um, so, um, yeah, mate, obviously I was cheering Madison. You you didn't buy Madison. You were telling people to wait on him. Are you still feeling that way? Or, I mean, so you've um, got a try and a try assist, which helps. Yeah, I mean, he needs. It seems like he's going to need those attacking players this year because, uh, you know, I think last time we spoke about Madison, I was, um, I was saying how his base stats are down, and he's not really a tackle busting guy. He's always been those high, you know, tackle sort of guys. And it, I mean, it seems to be similar numbers um, against Newcastle. Obviously, that said, you wouldn't expect him to be making big tackles in a you know forty to four blowout. Um, I mean, there are worse edge options out there. I still think I think he's a keeper edge. Um, he just doesn't excite me like he did last year. I think. No, yeah, no, I agree. So yeah, I mean, I've got him. I'm pretty happy that I've got him now. Um, but I was pretty unhappy last week. So I think that it's going to be a running theme with most forwards this year. Um, so I mean, if you got him, if you don't have him, he's certainly an option to be a buy but not urgent. Um, Moses is the other one that's worrying people, but he's a season-long keeper. Don't stress too much about his low score. Uh, I think he just got an early rest with a, a minor calf. They're just sort of babying him a little bit through that, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's so bloody cheap now. So he's 620K. Like, yeah, that's um, with a break-even. Jesus, he's almost entering buy territory for anyone that doesn't have him with his high break-even, 620K. Bloody hell, he could have a – he'll have a five in front of his name fairly shortly. Um, yeah. I feel like you've got to hold him. Yeah. No, you hold or be looking to buy, I think, for me. Uh, on the other side of the ball, that's about it from a fantasy perspective. I mean, Reed Marley out injured creates mm. a – 
what I would suggest is probably a trap uh, with Lusik. Yeah. So um, the one thing to keep in mind, we put it out on the socials, uh, is there's a week off between around 15 and around 16. So if you're buying Lusik, you get 14, 15, break in between 15 and 16, and then round 16 is week four, which is NRL physio said four to six weeks. So even if he does that, they have the buy in 17. So you're getting three games out of Lusick more than likely. Mm. Yeah, I feel like if you're buying him, you, it's it's as a cash out. It's not as a cash yeah. cow because um, yeah. you're probably going to get, like, say, two scores of in the 40s. Or thereabouts, um, especially with this bench. With I, I, I wouldn't think that Lusick plays eighty, but uh, no, I don't know who plays expect- hooker. Maybe Nathan Brown. I don't know. Yeah, what I'm expecting is they'll go back into what they were doing last year, which is that mm. they'll just have four, like they'll have the extra forward on this thing, and Gutherson will play hooker and attack. Yeah, but Cart, okay. like Cartwright will defend in the middle, or maybe Cartwright will just play hooker. So they didn't have a player like Cartwright when they were doing it last year, but they had they had a four forward bench with Reed Marnie last year, and what they were doing mm. is they were just um, yeah having that extra forward on for defence, and then Gutherson was playing hooker and attack, early tackles, and then you know just sort of working it out as they go along. So between the Acore and Cartwright, they've probably got enough skill there to work it out. So mm. yeah, um, I, I mean he's a fine. Like, as long as you know that he's not a cash cow and he's just going to sit in your team as a red dot later. Uh, West Tigers, uh, Laurie doing really nice things. Obviously going to be holding him through this unknown time with people potentially being rested, like Tedesco and Turbo. Most teams, plus Walsh, obviously being out suspended as well. Um, Brooks doing great stuff. Obviously, certainly not buying him. Luciano Leilua uh, righted his break even up again. So, I mean, he seems to be sort of just hovering around that price point now. Mm. Is he a buy in your mind? Uh, I mean, yeah, certainly. I, I, I would have said he was a stronger buy for overall players prior to round 13, but he's certainly a keeper edge. I think he's um, probably in the same sort of category as Madison. Yep. Uh, outside of that, this Tigers side's pretty unin. Uninteresting as well. Obviously, Twiles played a couple of really big minute games. You have to imagine that that's going to shift around. Particularly, there's a four forward bench here. They can't they can't be expecting him to play big minutes. Uh, Dewey has really um, presented an interesting one for him. His managers. Um, what would you be doing if you had Dewey at the moment? Yeah, he's a bit um, he's a bit frustrating, isn't he? Uh... It's, it's it's such a shame because he, if he had a set of dual position, he'd be a keeper. <laughs> yeah. Um, 64, but... 27, 57, 34 as a wing fullback is kind of, I mean, it's pretty similar to what Laurie's doing, I guess. Yeah, and a high, high, very high break even. Um, I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of coaches that are just forced to hold this week because they need the green dot. Um, that said, like, the uh, Tigers have what Melbourne after this like they've got Para this week then Melbourne the Rabbitohs Broncos Manly like that's um, it's not exactly a, a, a good run no. <laughs> um, but I, I I'd probably consider selling him if you didn't need the green dot this week and you you know had a, a perfect team but otherwise I, I think you just got to hold it really depends on your team composition at the moment how many green dots you've got yeah I think so. Um, that's probably it for this team as well. So we might move to the last game. 
uh, Bulldogs and Dragons, which they're going to make us wait a whole extra 24 hours for, which seems a bit rude considering how poor this game should be. But um, from a fantasy perspective, obviously we've got Kotrick there who, you know, for people that have him, we're going to be hanging on to him through. He's providing some nice cover for us this week. Uh, Avarillo doing really good stuff. Is he still a buy? I think he probably is. Yeah. How much is he now? Let's have a quick look. Six something, I think he is. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a keeper. He's 592. Um, As long as he stays in the halves, especially partnered with Wakeham, um, you'd have to think he's a keeper centre. Um, probably the best keeper centre going at the moment. Um, so, I mean, yeah, certainly a buy. You're just probably paying uh, close to a premium now for him. Yep. Uh, outside of that, this Bulldogs t- team's not very interesting. Interesting point, though, that um, Dory's kept the spot over Chris Smith. Mm. Uh, so that's a pretty big fail for anyone that bought him. Would you be moving to Dory or are you just going to shove Chris mm. Smith and pray or...? Uh, uh, I'd probably consider moving Smith on, if, especially if you needed the green dot. I definitely wouldn't be buying Dory. Well, I think we've le- looked at him quite a bit. He's just just not very good um, fantasy-wise. Yeah, the, PPM's, the PPM's not great. Yeah, it's uh, awful for a second row. Yeah. Um, dragon side of the ball. Uh, Jack Bird plays in the edge again with Sims named on an extended bench. Ben Hunt doing fantastic things, scoring a 30-point try, which really... Um, salvaged what was looking like a very bad score. Uh, Jackson Ford doing great stuff for the people that got him four forward bench again this week. Uh, plus they got obviously Sims and Billy Burns lurking in the emergencies as well. So, I mean, obviously if you got forward, keep holding and enjoying the price rises. If you don't, don't bother. And, and, and maybe Ben Hunt and McCulloch. Yeah. That's about it, really, isn't it? Yeah, not not so much uh, exciting stuff. I guess Jack Bird's probably in the keeper centre territory at the moment, just because of how many tackles he's busting. <laughs> Anytime oh, he gets yeah. the ball, he loves he loves the crab run. Yep, absolutely. Obviously, the better t- time to have him would have been before this week, but um, certainly mm. not a bad option at the moment. So, yeah, that's no, um, he's looking pretty good. All right, so that about does us for our team analysis. Let's just jump into some Q&A. Um, so because I'm on the high-tech method of Q&A delivery this week, I'm going to just pull them up on my phone here and we'll go through them. Mate, uh, do we get any Instagram questions while we're having a look? Yeah, I, I can bring them up for you. All right, well, if you want to hit me with some Instagram ones first while I unwrap my cheesy bacon tender crisp meal because I didn't get to have dinner and I came straight from the straight from the airport to get you people, your podcast. You <laughs> You're a man of the people, some, mate. Hit me with some questions and I'll, I'll spread my knowledge at you. All righty, so we've got uh, from Dominic Thompson. He asks, hi, boys. Thoughts on Brian Kelly and Jaden Braley to Harawira Naira and Luke Thompson. Trying to set myself up for round 17 and keep my 18th rank. Mate, he needs to be giving us advice. Oh, yeah. Mate, you're on the podcast next week. Um, I'm not 100% excited about Luke Thompson. I do yeah. like I do like Harawira Naira. Um. Jaden Braley, I'm, I'm, I think I'm okay with to trade out. Yeah. Uh, if I'm going Brian Kelly, I'm probably – I'm assuming you need backline cover. Um, is there anyone that you can get that's – No, he's, he's moving He's moving Kelly and Braley to CHN and Thompson. So he's trading Kelly yeah. out. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. So obviously, oh, okay. a lot of us are really short on backline players at the moment. Whether it would be beneficial of you to get somebody who's a a backline player like Sean Johnson, maybe is a is the first one that comes to my mind instead of Luke Thompson. Mm, yeah, uh, and he's certainly. What a hundred k cheaper. Uh, yeah, about that. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be the way I would be going. I'd be looking at Sean Johnson instead of Luke Thompson. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. Um, Harry Wernora is a bit of a funny one because we know that he's had these uh, these patches. Like we certainly highlighted this when he first popped up as a buy. Um, he's one of these guys that uh, can have up and down sort of patches. Uh, you know, his PPM's never really been consistent, um, so it's really hard to tell if this is just one of those purple patches and he'll you know go back to a bit of a yo-yo soon. Or if this is more just he suits this new style of game, given that there's a lot of there's a lot more like garbage tackle busts and offloads, um, and, and I, I'm starting to think it might be the latter that he really just suits this kind of game, um, you know, beating up on tired defenders and being able to get just junk tackle busts and stuff like that. So yeah, he's, he's certainly a, a solid option. It feels to me like it's more that second option than it is than it is. Mm. Um, yeah, that it's just a a, a blip. Um, it feels yeah. to me like, yeah, the, the new game does sort of suit him. Um, from Jeff, he asks, Hey, lads, looking at going from RTS to CHN, I've got one too many wing fullbacks and no edges. Thoughts? I don't understand how that's possible, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it too. I mean, probably not the week to be moving Roger on, I guess, given that he's actually played fullback for a change. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, no. Golden, yeah, true. Yeah, good point. Yeah, no, I like it. Pull the trigger. Um, uh, and one more question we've got. Is Lusik a good trade-in with Mahoney out indefinitely? Thinking I'll go Starling to Tohu as well. Um, so he's not out indefinitely. It's four to six weeks. So hmm. uh, only you're only buying Marnie with the knowledge that Oh, not on Marnie. You're only buying Lusick with the knowledge that you're probably only going to have him for a couple of weeks. Mm. Uh, yeah. I like, I like Starling to Tohu. Mm. I wonder if you could do one trade and just get a guy like Sean Johnson in for Starling instead, though. Yeah, I, I think that'd be a much better use of uh, of your resources, save, save a trade and... Um, yeah, get Tohu once his price comes down a little bit. That said, you know, I, I'm considering getting Lusick myself, but purely as a cash out, thinking that he'll be a scoring, like a solid scoring option for the next two to three weeks. But yeah, I, I don't think he's going to end up being a cash cow unless you get something really lucky going your way. Um, yep. Yeah, no, that's it for uh, Instagram. What do you got for us? Uh, okay. We've got many things on Facebook, actually. So obviously, mm-hmm. we're very we're very popular on Facebook. You know, the people love. They loved my uh, sunset uh, plane taking off into the distance. They were very excited about me getting on the jet plane. And you, and you delivered them uh, some. When I'll be back again. I got to get a little. You're delivering them some, uh, delivering some excellent content as well with uh, the mm. sound of your hungry jacks too. <laughs> Mate, I'm really hungry. It's nine. It's like almost ten o'clock at night. I've I've only eaten one thing the whole day today. So, all right, Charles wants to know, I'll let you start going on this so I can unwrap my cheesy bacon tender crisp and start eating it while you're talking. Mm-hmm. Best targets for round 17. So give mm-hmm. us uh, cashies and let's cook. He says mid-range, but Charles, I just want to tell you off here, mate. 
It's too late in the season to be buying mid-rangers, all right? You need cashies or you need underpriced guns or out-and-out guns. So give me your maybe your top two mid or underpriced guns and out-and-out guns and then any potential cheapy targets. Um, I guess the the top guns are your, probably your usual targets like Tohu Harris. Um Trying to look if there's anyone in my team that I've got. Probably underpriced guns, I'd say probably Tamalolo and Sean Johnson are, are very good round 17 targets to go with Tohu. Um, certainly ones I'll be looking at. Um, as for cashies, I mean, it's really hard to say with cashies because you don't know who's going to crop up. You'd have to think Sam Verrills, if he ever comes back, will be a, a target for round 17 given that he's only 250K. Um, if he ever if he ever plays again, I, I'm half the thinking he's honouring Jake Friend and just retired himself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, Verrills is definitely one to target if he if he does come back. Outside of that, I don't know. Maybe yeah, I don't know, it's tough. Um, really depends on who who pops up with injuries and and what have you? Because I mean, even this week, there's there's stuff all cash cows yeah. worth buying. There's only cash out, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's more of a wait and see with um the cheapies. You kind of want to keep your eye on guys like Fanua Blake, mm. this sorts of guy. Um, He's the one I was yeah. forgetting. Yeah, but I mean, then this is exactly why we highlighted a target that first buy round because the options in the second buy round are so scarce. It's, it's it's exactly why we highlighted it. As far as cheapies go, a guy like Suwali, if you mm. wanted to jump on him, but I mean they they play what the third game of the round, so you might be able to get him if assuming that Teddy's rested. Maybe we'll get an announcement before the first game kicks off, uh, something like that. But um, you know, take Avrilo. Yeah, Avrilo. Yeah. Um, I mean, you and Aiken's a potential keeper at center depending on how the Warriors go. A couple of other guys there. Mind you, Aiken seems to be proof, pretty proof of the Dragons sucking for the last five or six years. So, <laughs> um, All right, Chappie wants to know, would you hold Moses and Fogarty? And if you were going to trade out one of them, who would you trade first? Mm. Oh, man, that's tough. Um <sighs> I'd, I'd probably hold both if I could. Um, that said, I can see why if you if you're in the market for some luxury trades and you're looking at like you know um, getting a Sean Johnson or something, uh, I, I would hold both personally. If I had to, oh man, I, I can't even split the two. Honestly, I've, I've got them pretty close. Um, I, I'd just be holding both. That's my answer. Yeah, I'm holding both. The only difference for me is I think the Eagles are a slightly better team than the Titans. So yeah, if I had to sure. sell one, if I had to sell one, it'd be Fogarty. Hmm. But I'm probably just holding both. Uh, hooker problems. Is it time to offload Starling, McCulloch, and Braley? Who are you going to have at hooker? <laughs> yeah, Ben Hunt. <laughs> you got you got to have ben someone. Yeah, that's that's probably it. Hey, um, two guys that aren't playing hooker, which is the opposite of what you're normally trying to do. Yeah, the um, brothel strat is officially dead, isn't it? It is absolutely dead until PVL ball is uh, reduced back to its former non-PVL glory. Um, it seems to me like maybe uh, Starlings a sell, and the other two are holds. If I could only hold one out of McCulloch and Bradley, I'd probably hold McCulloch. Yeah, I tend to agree. Basically, spot on. 
Yep, I I actually traded Brayley to McCulloch last week because I wanted that extra hundred k. Uh, Flegler and Lenu to Harawir and Ira and Lusick. Yeah, I I don't mind it as long as you know that Lusick probably isn't going to be a cash cow. But yeah, I I, I don't mind Neither it. Was Lenu so I guess yeah, you're saving money true. on getting similar production. Um, if Captain Cleary is named to play. Should I captain him? Um, if he's named to play, uh, I'm assuming this question is before teamless. Well, uh, no. Well, he's in the emergent, like the extended bench at the moment. If yeah. he actually plays, should he be captained? Uh, I think so. Um, I've currently got the captaincy option on him um, with the vice captaincy on Angus, but you'd have to think that, given that he plays Friday, we'll know by Friday, hopefully before six o'clock, if he's playing or not. Um, but I, th- I think if he's playing, I think you've got to captain him. Okay. You wouldn't put it on McAngusberger knowing that he's definitely going to play 80 minutes instead of playing 50 minutes potentially and being rested? Mate, <laughs> Cleary in 50 minutes can score, score the same as Angus in 80. you got to remember that Angus is the second highest fantasy point scorer behind Cleary in the record books though as well. So if you're going to move the C off someone to somebody who's definitely going to play 80, Angus is the guy. Yeah, but like, how many times has Cleary scored over a hundred versus Angus? Like, <laughs> Angus has done it like what once, and Cleary's done it yeah. about about bloody five times this year. Can we give Jerome Hughes the credit he deserves and namely no and label him Chad Goat from now on? <laughs> I think we did that. <laughs> um, covered Moses and Fogarty. Um, yeah. Uh, Matt says upon reviewing TLT, I am pretty. Trouble. <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Um, no trades last week to be conservative. Now I've got a sea of red dots. Is it better to prioritise trading out either or both of Starling and Brimson, who are li- likely to use bot cash, or try and get as many on the park by trading out red dots like Gamble and Sini? Hmm. Based on Teamless alone, I've got red dots, Sini, Gamble, Walsh, Schuster, and Cleary with... Tedesco, Brimson, and Fafida potentially being rested. Oh man, that's a tough question because I mean, there's every chance that you'd end up with, a, you know, you could either end up with a full seventeen if people back up, or you could end up with a team of like eleven players. I'm sort of in the similar boat there. Um, I'm sort of, you know, I mean, I think Starling's a trade, um, and even if you do play him, I, I don't know what sort of production you're going to get out of him even if you do hold him like is it worth keeping that green dot that might lose you 50k or whatever but he scores you 15 points um like is that someone worth holding or is it worth just um you know not not getting that 15 points and moving him on um i guess the question for me here is right i'm looking at this list of players clear is a keeper schuster arguably is a keeper Walsh is a keeper at this point. Tedesco is a keeper at this point. Fafita is a keeper at this point. You could definitely move Brimson on. I'd be I'd be okay with you moving like Brimson and Starling for Shulman Johnson and player X. You mm. know something like that. I'd be fine with because you're probably getting two like you know you're probably getting two good options there. Um, you know something like that. Uh, as long as you're buying keepers or cash cows, not 
some mid-range dude that you're just trading in so you can get a red dot. Like, you're not trading in Carmichael Hunt or one of these other nuffies, you know, just so you can get a green dot this week when you got that list of players. Unless you want to go for, like, Sini to... Um, Lusik to get that 35k out or whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure. Uh, uh, Brimson and Starling would be the two uh, only two players I'd be likely to trade on that list this week. I mean, yeah, I, I'd, if if um, if you needed a fill to 17, like I'd probably have uh, Schuster as a trade. Like I'm considering trading Schuster myself this week because uh, I mean he, he's sort of like one of those borderline guys where like. Yeah, he could be a keeper, but at the same time, you could probably do a little bit better. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's certainly a tough one. Need to trade CD to someone that's going to score points this week. Uh, uh, well, I mean, if you need to go down, probably Joey Lusick or Hayes Dunster. Um, I guess Greg Marzu's there as well. What, what's because I know. Anthony Don's injured. Is Marzu actually going to hold this spot? Or what are your thoughts there? I know you bought him last week. Yeah, I really just got him because I wanted to get that money out of Sini. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was tired of looking at his stupid face. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's probably a case of that um, I think Marzu has a chance to hold it, but he needs to... Like statistically, he was pretty good aside from the errors, but I think two or two of the four errors were not really like he didn't drop the ball. Like someone threw him a poor pass that he missed or something like that, and he got the error. Mm. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Marju is their best winger. So, <laughs> Marju and Corey Thompson would be their best wing combination, be the shortest wing combination in the NRL. But I think that's their best combination. So. I mean, he's a chance to hold down the spot. He gives them something that none, none of the other players in that list give him. Sami didn't do himself any favours last week, so hmm. I'd be curious uh, to see what happens there. Yeah, I think the one probably most lo- – like given the best chance to hold the spot for the entire season would be Hayes Dunster because it seems like he's there on merit over Ferguson because obviously we know Ferguson's not injured. He's sitting in the reserves. Um but that said, he's probably not a very exciting scorer. He's sort of one of those like Bailey Simmonson type guys where like he'll score you a 20 or a 35 with a try, you know. Yeah. Um, but if when you want the best scoring... Never good. Yeah, exactly. So. If, you, if you want the best short-term scoring, it's probably Joey Lusick, but keep in mind it's only going to be for two to three weeks. Yep. Um, so I guess that answers the next question. Simmonson or Suwali? Um, neither. I'd, yeah, neither. I, I mean, if you want a chibi for round seventeen, I'd probably offer Sawali if he does end up playing this week. Because um, you have to think, if he does play this week, you'll obviously get this week round seventeen and possibly eighteen. Um, there's, there's always the chance as well he does force his way into the side. Um, yeah. If you need yeah. somebody long term, it's probably Simmonson because I have to think that he's just going to play every week for the rest of the year anyway. Yeah. But if you Looking for the best scorer when he does actually play, it's probably Suwali. Mm-hmm. Uh, rank the top six keeper mids. Oh, okay. In, um, in, yes, in any order, or I'd say uh, Angus, Tohu. Tohu, yeah, they're probably the top two, and then Haas as well. Um, yeah, Haas. 
Um, I still think Tomalolo is going to be in the top five. Yeah, I think so too. I think Pangai is probably in there now, given the and lack Pangai. of options. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably the top five. Yep. Uh, um, yeah. Feels like a distant sixth to me. Mm, other than that, yeah, like the sixth is like guys like Fisher Harris, Cameron Murray, maybe Fanua Blake. It's like guys that you maybe Papali if he sorts his, you know, sorts what's going on out, he can get back into that top five. But he needs he probably needs his role to change to get back to eighty minutes on the edge for that to happen. Uh, um, if I had to, if I had to put my money on who's going to be sixth out of that list, it'd be Cameron Murray. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. It seems like there's a pretty clear top five, and then outside of that, it's like a bunch of maybes. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking at a team of Fafida and Madison in the edge, and all five of those guys <laughs> as my, and that'll be it. I think is going to be my 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 options. So because mm. a lot of there's a lot of jewels there to help me out. So. Yeah, um, I think that's probably it on that list. I certainly Murray's an interesting one. He's going to be super duper cheap as well if you're looking for someone in that range. Is it Dearden season? <laughs> that seems like a, a March Jessup question because you were very excited <laughs> on him two weeks ago. Mate, I love it. If you want to buy Tom Dearden this week, I support you. Uh, is it silly to consider selling Pap, which I'm assuming is Pappenhausen? Oh man! Now, oh, I don't, I don't know, Mark. I've held, I've held Pappenhausen for like two months. It feels like. Him. Yeah, I still got him. I've had him for like about two months. Um, I don't know what to do because I, I feel like he could be back next week or he could be back in like two months. Like I honestly don't know. Um, well, the thing is, Nico Hines hasn't doing anything to make himself not be playing there, so the Storm can really take their time with it. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think Do it's you, silly to consider it. Is the answer to the question? I, I are you saying I, I should be considering it? I could make an argument to do it. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, oh, Christ, it, it's really a tough one because, like, you'd have to think. Because I know, like, the, a lot of the a lot of talk was about he'd be back around fifteen, but then like maybe. They wait till round sixteen, given there's an extra week. But then there's like, oh, maybe they wait till round eighteen because then you can have the second buy. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, who knows? Uh, I, I'd have to feel like he'll be back at round eighteen at the latest, but he could be back as early as next week. It's really a tough one. Yeah, um, no, I'm just not really sure about the whole the whole thing. So, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, story good cheap option probably not. Yeah, I'd lean probably not. He's, I mean, there's not a whole lot of cheap options going around, but I can't imagine it'll be a cash cow. If he holds that spot, he might be a handy, like, 30-point green dot, but um, I can't imagine he's going to be much of a cow. No. Um, all right, so I've just got a list of players here with question marks next to it. Uh, <laughs> Is this MLS? Yeah, Lussick, we've covered. Lawton, I think, is a no-go. Siren and Enchilster both could come back at any time. Dearden, I like. Marju, we've covered. Um, Albert Kelly, question mark, Broncos. Um, <laughs> yep, you, you've you got it. And I, as I will say again, I refuse to put my name against Albert Kelly. Yeah, um <laughs> I, like he did play pretty well last week, but I, I just don't know how after this whole just 
this gamble situation, how you can go head first in any Broncos half at the moment, especially one that's now 360K. Um, yeah, I, I just sort of stay away from mine. And Lorden feels like a like a potential headache. Like he might end up being being quite good, but he just really feels like a headache. Yep. Uh, Curran, is it too late? And Gilbert, I don't, I don't think I like Gilbert at all. He's there's too many minutes in this Cowboys team. He's going to play 40, 40 minutes, I'd say. So, uh, mate, Curran is the, the other one. Would you be? He obviously was going, you know, absolutely ham before he. Um, hmm. Yeah, and he's uh, he's named uh, in the middle this week playing lock. Um, he's certainly an interesting option. He's got a very high work rate. He gets through a lot of uh, a lot of tackles. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one because you don't know how many minutes he's going to play. And you have to think with Fanua Blake lurking. Um, like Fanua Blake was playing like 60 minutes before he got injured. Once he's back to match fitness, if he's playing 60, Tohu's playing what, like say? 80. Yeah, he's playing 80, but uh, what, like 30 of that might be on an edge, 50 in the middle. Um you have to wonder how many minutes are, are left over because, um, yeah. like, obviously, Armour's going to play 40-ish and Tamua Brown's going to play 40-ish. So, like, sort of leaves Curran looking at about 40-ish. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's probably not going to be enough to be a cow or a keeper. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably lean no for mine, no. but yeah, I, I could be wrong. Yeah, awkward, awkward spot for mine. I'd probably just avoid that, I think. Mm. Uh, so, I, I guess in short... Um, if you're looking for a player on that list to buy, it's Dearden. <laughs> yeah, the Cowboys juggernaut, mate. Yeah, Cowboys juggernaut, roll on. Um, Isaiah Papali is a trade out or not? We covered that. Alex Twal, see a buy. Six hundred seven k. His minutes are just so all over the shop, aren't they? Yeah, his minutes really depend on the game situation and whatever mood uh, matches him. What his tarot card reader said that day um, on what Twile should do. Um, it, again, he sort of feels like a headache. Like, you, yeah, you can buy Twile. You're going to get games like that where um, you know he's playing 70 minutes, but then the next week, like, look at round three, right? He played 70 minutes, scored 70. Round four, he played 31 minutes and scored 34 because they were chasing points. Um, and Twile's not a chasing point sort of guy. He's sort of like a um you know defend the lead sort of guy um yeah so i mean i he's probably not one i'd be too excited by but yeah i guess a lot of people are just looking for a middle and there's not a whole lot of good ones getting around but i, I yeah i just feel like spend the extra 60k and or 70k or whatever and get time Lolo for mine but yeah i, I just don't want to I'm, I'm tigers free currently and i don't want to go head first into more match players tigers free since 93 <laughs> That's a How I Met Your Mother reference if anybody's uh, playing along at home. Uh, last question, uh, Tyson Gamble and Jaden Bradley for Torhu and Lusick. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, who, who are the trainouts? Gamble and who? And Jaden Bradley. I feel like uh, I know what you're going to say. Just do Braley to um, Johnson. But if you need two green dots, I, I don't dislike it. Just know that Lusick isn't a cow probably. Do what Ryan suggested that I would suggest because I wasn't actually thinking that at all, but I like that. <laughs> uh, Torhu Harris. Actually, I've got three more questions for you. Mm-hmm. Torhu Harris, Jerome Hughes, or Cheese for captain? Ooh. Um, 
Hmm. Just because I want to, just because I want to kill him this week. Jago. Go, go Durham. He is against the Warriors. He should put on a huge score this week. Jago. Yeah, he, he probably seems the the option with the high ceiling, but um, yeah, I guess we'll find out what happens with Munster back at the side. What happens to um, Jago scoring? The quest. The correct answer to your question is Angus Crichton. <laughs> um, is Avarillo a good trade in? I, I guess we discussed him. Yeah. And um, okay. So a general fantasy question. Ooh, I love these. Joe, John Bowden. Uh, mm-hmm. So he wants to know how many trades should a manager have at this stage in the season with another buy round ahead? He has mm-hmm. seventeen trades at the moment before trading. Mm-hmm. Is that conservative average or? I guess that's rookie, which I guess means too many. Uh, Cheers for the content, lads. I would suggest 17 is probably, I'd almost say too conservative, depending on where you're sitting, ranking-wise. Yeah, it would certainly be in the conservative category. Um, It's probably, it's definitely above average. I think, like, I'm sitting, before trades this week, I'm sitting on 15. I'd imagine you'd have less than me, given that you were actually targeting round 13. Um, But... Yeah, it's um, yeah, it really does depend on what your ranking is. But if you're targeting overall, that's probably maybe too too many. Um, and if you're targeting head to head, you're probably sitting pretty pretty good right now. Yeah, I'd probably be targeting maybe this week and next week to look at making some good decisions to really set your team up for the run home. Um, you know, guys like Sean Johnson primed for a buy this week or next week. You know, you're looking at guys like Tom Malolo with a big break even potentially to bring in. Same thing with Fanua Blake. Um, you can really target that round 17 with guys who are keepers and, and push it because a lot of people are going to be really struggling for trades by round 17. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would suggest you've set yourself up nicely as long as you're not too far behind in the ranks and or your team's not too far behind set up-wise for head-to-head. Um, so, for example, I have 13 trades left, um, and I've got four pretty clear trades that I need to make to finish my team, and then I've got nine trades to run me through to the end for injury uh, and luxury upgrades. So, I mean, from my perspective, as long as you've got a – like I, t- I sort of sat down and I wanted to have 10 to finish the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been gone pretty close to that uh, – so only spending one extra, which was the Sini to Marju to fill up the 25K. But outside of that, I've pretty much been able to follow a, a pretty clear track to my team setup. So I'd just be having a look at what you're planning on doing with your 17 trades uh, to, to get you through to the end. Mm. Make yourself a little watch list. Look at you know players, what you think they're averaging, what their price is now, what their price will be if they average that and, and see who's got some value, you know. Guys like Sean Johnson, I'd have him at 55 or maybe even higher to finish the year, and he's currently priced at somebody who's averaging 45. So yeah. Yeah, he's a clear a clear buy target for me. So, yeah, I mean, keep in like mind, that. Chad was averaging close to 60. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh, you know, you'd, have, you'd have to think Johnson will be close to 55, um, especially when he's partnered with Moylan. Yeah, it, well, I mean, obviously his hair is nowhere near as good as Chad's, so there's only so <laughs> good he can score, but, you know, we can hope for the best. I think that's uh, that'll do us. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm going to go and try and get a half-decent night's sleep before I drive down to Townsville for State of Origin tomorrow night. Yes, good luck, mate. Uh, hopefully the boys get a win and you drink uh, your weight and piss. 
Yeah, up the up the mighty Maroons and heaven help the bartenders at the Townsville Casino. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Enjoy your state of origin. Enjoy your weekend of footy, and we'll talk to you next weekend. Love you guys.